Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Thank you, Father Lord. Oh Lord, we want to thank you. We are people that have made up our mind that we are not going to be silent. And we are going to speak loud. Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise. We thank you for the opportunity to minister to you this morning in songs. We are grateful, Lord God. We are grateful that we can join the host of heaven in worshiping you. And Lord, we thank you that worship will not cease in our lives. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we give you all the glory. We give you praise. We thank you because we know you will speak to us this morning. Oh, be thou exalted, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, we worship. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, welcome your neighbor to church this morning. Tell your neighbor you're welcome to church. And the Lord is going to speak to you in ways that you would understand. Can you say that one more time? Welcome to church. The Lord is going to speak to you in ways that you would understand. Praise the Lord. Well, I bring you greetings from my best friend and my lovely wife. And um, she will have wanted to be here. And she said, because you are going without me, that means you can't go for too long. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I'm so glad to be back home. I'm glad to be here. And, um, you, you know, if you don't have something to write with, you're going to write because I've got assignment for you. Praise the Lord. Did you hear me? I've got assignment for you. And so, because see, you need to understand something about God. We have spent a lot of time dealing with the devil. But you see, one thing that you need to understand about the devil is that he is already defeated. He is already defeated. Let me give you an example. If you, I don't know if you have ever been to jail before just to visit the place. But if somebody is behind bars in jail, the bars are there. The person can't get out. But the person has freedom <laughs> around the cell. Now, can you imagine you going there and then the person is threatening you? I'm going to deal with you. I will, I'm going to deal with you. Now, what would you say? <laughs> because you know that person can't get out of that jail. But there's a way that the person can tell you all kinds of things. You know I'm in jail, but I've got gang members outside. He might be lying, <laughs> but you don't know. And I'm going to tell one of my gang members to deal with you. Now, you can start getting afraid. Is that not true? Even though it's a lie. So, this morning, we are going to be learning about how to discern the perfect will of God. We're going to learn how to discern the perfect will of God. Because that is our responsibility. That is one thing the devil does not want any one of us to know. The, how you can discern the perfect will of God. 
In Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'm so grateful to be in church this morning. And I'm grateful to be in living world this morning. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'll read from the New King James Version of the Bible. It said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there is a perfect will of God for you. And the way you will find out what the perfect will of God is, is that you need to do what is in verse 2. You need to do what is in verse 2. What's that? He said, do not be conformed to this world. Can we say that together? Now, the problem we have is not the devil. It's conformity. Our greatest problem is not the devil. It is conformity. It's conforming to the world because he is the God of this world. He's the God of this world. So the greatest problem is that he has set up a system, and then when you conform to that system, you come under his authority. Does that make sense to you? Now, I took myself, nobody forced me. I got onto the plane. Nobody forced me. I decided to cross the borders. And then I landed in another country. Now, can you imagine that I got to the immigration at Heathrow this morning, and I said, well, this is not the way it's done in the U.S. What are you doing here? <laughs> now, guess what would have happened to me if I did not follow the laws in Heathrow? You're back. Why? Because I'm in another country with different laws. And nobody forced me. I bought my tickets. <laughs> I got on the plane. I subjected myself to the laws of the British government as soon as I arrived. And a lot of Christians are doing that every day. They are fighting the devil. They are praying. They are speaking in tongues. They are fasting. But the devil said, not a problem. Just conform to my system that I've set up. Just conform. Because he knows that as soon as you conform, you come under his authority. And I'm going to be dealing with some of the ways that we conform really badly. In 2019, and that was the last year actually I visited here, 2019, before I knew anything that was going to be called COVID, I was just praying, and there were some two things that happened to us that I will share with you. Number one, in that time of prayer, the Lord said to me, go to Nigeria and celebrate your father-in-law's 79th birthday. Now, if you know anything about us Africans, we are very spiritual. I don't know how many of you have ever gone to a 79th birthday before, or 69th birthday, or 39th birthday. It's always what? 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. But you can imagine the instruction. The Lord said, go, I wanted to go and celebrate his 79th birthday. So when I called him, I told him, he said, why can't you wait a year more and come and celebrate my 80th birthday? He was going to turn 80 in 2021. 
So I said, I don't know. All I know is that the instruction we have from the Lord is, come and go and celebrate his 79th birthday. So anyway, he shared with the rest of the family, and they began to call us. What's wrong with you? If you don't you know that if you celebrate his 79th birthday, you are kind of prophesying that he's not going to get to 80. I'm like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not saying he's not going to get to 80. He says, so why don't you just wait? What impression will you give to people? When you're inviting people, they will say, is he sick? Is he about to go? Why are you doing this? Because this is not the way we do it. How many times have you had people say, this is not the way we do it? How many times have you had people say, this is the way we do it? Well, from this morning, you will stop doing it the way they do it. Because if you do it the way they do it, you will get what they get. So, we started having calls. Wait until he's 80. And then eventually, my father-in-law got under pressure. And then he called me. He said, I don't want to do any 79 birthday. <laughs> Wait until I turn 80. I said, Daddy, we are going to come. And we are going to do this 79 birthday. When you turn 80, we'll do another one. It's, we are wasting money. It's okay. All the instruction I had then was that just go. Just go. Now listen to this. So we went for his 79th birthday in February of 2020. And he had a wonderful birthday celebration. He, it was really nice. And a week after that, the lockdown started. And when he turned 80, the lockdown was still in force. So he could not have any 80th birthday. Now, when he now turned 80, that was when he now sent us a thank you note. And he wrote his friend to say, thank you so much. My children celebrated my 79th birthday. <laughs> I don't have to do anyone again. It took a whole year and a half for me to understand why God said, go and do that. I'm talking about designing the perfect will of God. Around the same time in 2019, my aunt was going to turn 70. And we were in the house. And the Lord said to us, don't go to that birthday. And then he said also, Tell, make sure nobody goes. That was in 2019. So I told my cousin, I said, number one, we are not going. The birthday was supposed to be in Spain. So I told my cousin, I said, we are not going. And I don't think anybody should go. So she called her mom and canceled the birthday. And then I got a call from her mom, who happens to be my aunt. What is wrong with all of you? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> Why are you canceling my celebration? This is one of the few celebrations I would have. And I had no answer because I didn't know about COVID in 2019 then. So there was nothing. All I knew was, don't go. That was all. You see, if you are going to walk with God, you are going to be walking with partial information. And human beings don't like partial information because it does not make you look smart. 
It doesn't make you intelligent. It's like you've gone to school, you have all this degree, and somebody is telling you, why are you going there? And you are saying, I don't know. <laughs> I say, why will you not know? <laughs> why will you not know? Why will you not know? So I had no idea. All I knew is, don't go and make sure nobody goes. And so when I got the call in 2019, and my aunt, she was upset because she was like, what are you doing? Why can't you explain to me why you are canceling the celebration? And a lot of us are in that position where you want to question God, and he is not going to answer you. He is God over all. He is almighty God. He's looking for people who will just obey him. You know, when he told Abraham, he said, take your son, your only son, the one you like, the one you love, and go and sacrifice him. Abraham did not say, excuse me, let's talk a bit about this. How will I explain to my wife? You know, how, how will I even say to Sarah, Sarah, actually, this son is about to go. <laughs> you know, they got on the way, and Isaac was asking him, Father, we have all everything that we need for a sacrifice. But where is the animal? Where is the lamb? <laughs> he said, son, the Lord will provide for himself. <laughs> in other words, I don't have that information. All I know is he told me to go, to take you with me, to go and uh, that's all I'm going to do. So I didn't know. Not conforming to this word. So it will be March of 2020 when we're all supposed to be in Spain. The whole of Spain was under lockdown. The whole of the UK and everywhere was, people were getting their citizens from different parts of the country or different parts of the world. And then she called again. <laughs> she said, huh, this time she was not angry. She said, it's good to be able to hear from God. I'm so glad. I'm like, huh? So what I'm teaching you this morning, you need to understand that conformity to this world will rob you of the perfect will of God for your life. I tell my children, they said, I don't have any problem with rib jeans. Rib jeans is not my problem. My problem is this. There was a time that ripped jeans was not in fashion. And you were not wearing ripped jeans then. Now that it's in fashion, you are wearing it. And most likely when it's out of fashion, you are going to stop wearing it. That is my problem. You are conforming. You are conforming. You are doing something that somebody else has set up. And you are following somebody who is leading a system. And as long as you are following the person, leading that system, you would end up where everyone ends up. Conforming. I told the young ones in my church, I said, I said, Pastor, don't you do Valentine's Day? I said, I do. On the 15th. So why should I do the Valentine when everybody is doing their Valentine? The flowers are expensive. On the 13th and the 14th, the restaurants are all booked up. You go there, they are like, hurry up, hurry up. But on the 15th, all the flowers, half price. <laughs> half price. And then 
the restaurant. Every empty. So I can sit down with my sweet wife. I choose anywhere you want to sit. <laughs> the waiters are there to wait on us. I mean, why should I be doing what everybody else is doing? Why? The same flowers I'm celebrating, but why should I do it on the 14th? Why? So one of the things the Lord has asked me to do this morning is to help you. Because you see, you have a lot of people that are conforming. They are about to get married, they are conforming. They are like, I'm going to have my traditional wedding and my white wedding. I say, where did you get that from? Where did you get that from? Number one, you can't even afford one wedding. Even half a wedding you can't afford. You are now putting up two weddings. Sometimes three weddings. <laughs> and then the after party. And now you are starting your home. In the hall. And when you do that, you don't understand that you have come under this world system. And the God of this world, of course, will put pressure on their home. Because you are following that system. Conforming. Who told you you must wear white when you're getting married? Where do you get that from? So God has a system. And there are times that people sit down and they insist. And, you know, and I asked them, I said, let me ask you a question. Why are you so much under so much pressure? Why are you under so much pressure? Because the pressure that you get tells you that you are under a system that is not a godly system. Either you are going for marriage or you are going for burial and then you get under so much pressure. Have you to notice, people will tell you on one bread, my father just died. Then the next breath is, please send me your account details. Because why? Now you have to be thinking about the money. The money. The New Living Translation of Romans chapter 12 verse 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't do it. They have a behavior and they have a custom. He said, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. For 10 years, we were counseling a couple. For 10 years, they, I mean, they will be fine, and then they would have a problem. They will be fine. I was tired. Because when I see their call, I know it's another problem. Well, pastor, she, he, she did something. Pastor, he has done something. For 10 years. So one day, I said, Lord, I am tired. <laughs> What's going on? And then the Lord said to me, ask them what they did during their traditional wedding. So the next time I met with them, I said, tell me about your traditional wedding. We are talking about copying the behaviors and customs of this world. Tell me about your traditional wedding. Oh, then they started the story. In our culture, you know, this is what they do. Then they told me all the stuff. And then they got to a place where you bring all the, all, you know, all the materials, the yam and all the eggs and all the stuff that you bring and you give. And part of what they give in that culture is that you also bring a goat. I said, well, I, I've seen that before. There's nothing, you know, I was just listening. And then they added something. During the traditional wedding, the, the family of the wife now took the goats that the family of the husband brought and gave the goat the name of the wife. 
And then as soon as she said that, the Lord said, well, do you know the nature of a goat? Because this man kept saying, my wife is stubborn. Of course, the nature of the goat is, the goat is what? Stubborn. I mean, why as a child of God, you will sit down and you would allow things to be done to you. And you are clapping and laughing and gisting. And you're like, well, it's fun. It's not fun if it's the custom and the behaviors of this world. The man will say, my wife is stubborn. Pastor, I don't know. She's just stubborn. Things that you have allowed. Things that you have given yourself to. The Bible says don't copy the behavior. There is a behavior in this world. Don't copy it. There is a custom in this world. Don't copy that custom. For many years, I will keep, you know, the Christmas. My, wife, my children would ask me, Dad, where's our Christmas money? I said, I have it here. But you are going to get it after Christmas. They said, why? I said, I will tell you why. Because after Christmas, first week in the new year, and then I give them, I say, let's go to the shop. A lot of things are 80%, 90%, 70% off. I say, can't you see you get more things with the same money? Because everything is hyped. And then as soon as the Christmas is over, the New Year is over, these stores, are, they want to get rid of everything. That is when I go shopping. <laughs> the customs and the behaviors of this world. Stop copying. Tell your neighbor, stop copying the behavior and customs of this world. Because the truth is this. You might be speaking in tongues from now to eternity and you do the custom of this world. You will get their result also. You will get their result. I was sharing with somebody and I told them, I said, and I don't have enough time, but I will tell you. You can go and do your research. Because God told Israel, you must never look at a corpse. Never. And there are customs. They will put the corpse there. They will tell everybody to come and look. So I was talking to somebody. I said, don't do it. The person was looking at me like, oh, well, what, what, what does it mean? What, what are you talking to me about? And of course, it, it wasn't long after that that he started having all kinds of trouble. And then he was calling. I said, why are you calling me? <laughs> you see, the truth is this. Every single thing that you do, I, everything that you do, if you do anything to obey God, God blesses you. If you do anything to obey the devil, well, he is going to pay you back. Because there is nothing that you do that will not have consequences. Nothing. So you want to find out, you want to find out, you want to be able to honor the Lord. You want to find out, how should I do this? You want to find out, how should I make sure that this is done right? You want to get married, how should I do it according to the word of God? You want to go bury somebody who has died, how should I do this according to the word of God? How? You have children, how should I work with them according to the word of God? If you discern the perfect will of God, you need the word of God. You need to, stay, you need to give yourself a time to say, how will I do this to honor God? So there are established customs and norms in this world that we all have to stand against to achieve God's perfect will for our life. There are established norms and customs in this world 
There are ways things are done in this world that if you are going to achieve God's perfect will for your life, you have to stand against those things. You have to be willing to stand alone. The whole of your family will tell you, this is not the way we do it. This is not the way we do it. This is not the way it is done. This is what the custom requires. This is exactly the way. That's why Jesus had a lot of trouble. You know why? Because he was not following. They said he's not following the customs of the Jews. Look at him. The disciples are not washing their hands. On Sabbath day of all days, they said, you have six days that you can come and heal the sick. Why are you choosing the Sabbath day? He said, well, my father is walking to now and I'm also walking. <laughs> they told the man, they said, no, you cannot get up today. He said, he that healed me told me to get up and go. He said, who is the person? On the Sabbath day. Why? He was breaking the custom. He was breaking the custom. He was breaking the custom. And for you also, and for me, we are born into some natural customs and traditions that you must be willing to break if you are going to achieve the perfect will of God for your life. A lot of people have missed out of God's perfect will because they are holding fast to their natural customs and traditions. The Bible says you make the word of God of no effect. Because of your traditions. Sometimes, you know, when I go, especially for a traditional wedding, I'm like, these people have no idea what they are getting themselves into. They have no idea what they are doing. They don't understand what these people are doing. They have no, I mean, it's like they are just having fun. They are just enjoying themselves. And they have no idea that they are following a particular custom that will cause all kinds of trouble for them. All kinds of trouble. One of my cousins, um, the, the wife gave birth recently in the U.S. So I was doing the naming ceremony. And I was talking to them about names. Customs. Because you have some people that give birth to children. They don't ask from the Lord. Lord, what name should I give this child? No. You know what they do? They say, Daddy, bring your name. Mommy, your name. Cousins, your name. Uh, auntie, your name. Um, bank member, your name. Everybody bring names. Bring name. <laughs> you don't understand the meaning of a name. And so on the, na on the naming day, you are calling all kinds of names over that child. All kinds of names. Names from the father, names from the mother. And you have a responsibility as a parent, before that child comes, to say, Lord, what name? Because guess what? The angel did not leave the name of Jesus to Mary and to Joseph. He said, no. He said, you will conceive. You will give birth to a child. You will name him Emmanuel. You will give him the name Jesus. Why? He will deliver his people from their sins. When the angel showed up to Zechariah, he said, your wife will conceive, will give birth to a son. You will call him what? John. So names are not your prerequisite. They are not just names where mothers say, well, you know, my grandmother used to bear this name and I like that name. I will give that name to your child. What are you doing? What are you doing? You ask from the Lord. That's your responsibility as parents. 
So during the naming ceremony, I said, <laughs> I said, for example, where I naturally come from, when people get married, it's like the woman has married the whole of the family. So you will see the members of the family, the aunties, the uncles, everybody calling my wife, my wife. So I, so I said, when I got married, and people say, I said, she's not your wife. <laughs> she has only one husband. <laughs> only one husband. My aunt was protesting. I said, you, she has only one husband. One husband. She's not your wife. I know we are joking. I said, I am not joking. I'm not joking. There are people that will call me my husband. I say, I am not your husband. So it's just a pet name. I am not your husband. <laughs> not your husband. I only have one wife. All kinds of names that people listen to, people answer to. All kinds of names. When my daughter was giving birth to, we asked the Lord, what name should we give to this child? Because this is not our child. There are parents that behave as if the child is theirs. It's not yours. The Bible says that children are heritage of the Lord. You are just a custodian. That is why when the parents die, they don't kill the children. If they are yours, when you leave, they should leave also. But they are not yours. They belong to God. You are just custodians. Custodians. You are just doing a work for the Lord. And so you need to find out from the Lord. But there are parents that think, this is my child. Now, the moment you think like that, you are thinking like the world system. Because now you want the expression of yourself in that child. If that child is doing good, yeah, that's, that's my child. That's my child, you know. Because as far as you are concerned, your success will be reflected in that child. And that's how the world system is. So when my daughter was giving birth to, we already had the names. And so we gave her the names that the Lord gave to us when she was um, doing the naming ceremony. And the parents were silent on that day because their names were, <laughs> there were no names from them. So they kept quiet for a while. And then two weeks, my father-in-law said, hey, the name I sent, you didn't give the name. <laughs> That's the name I will call her, either you like it or not. <laughs> I have a responsibility. When my children are getting married, I am sending no names to them. You'll find out from the Lord. Ask the Lord. As a parent, that is your responsibility. Some people will just say, yeah, you know, my name is Samuel. I'll give him Samuel, you know, to continue the Samuel lineage. <laughs> you find that from the Lord. <laughs> you find that from the Lord. You find that from the Lord. So tell your neighbor there's a perfect will of God for you. And I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm trusting God that you will be interested in that perfect will of God. But that means that you are not going to conform. You are going to refuse to conform. You know, you are going to stop saying, well, in, in, my, in my village is how they do it. Because as far as God is concerned, you belong to heaven. You belong to a new citizen. You are bought with a price. And so you have been redeemed from this world. 
translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And so God expects that when you are talking about my country, my custom, my tradition, you are talking about the heavenly one. You are not talking about this earthly one that is fading away. You are not talking about this earthly one that will end up putting you under the dominion of the devil. Because you do it, you are going to come automatically under his dominion. Because it is his system. He set it up. He's the God of this world. So if you decide that I'm tonguing and I'm praying, but I'm still going to do it. Well, guess what? Jesus said, if you love me, you will do what I've told you to do. Not pray. You will do it. You would ask the Lord, what should I be doing in this place? And you will do it. You will do it. So find out. You know, my <laughs> when my son was born also, we had an interesting incident. He was born in Boston. And my, my, my mom's cousin was there and carried him. And then the pastor was doing the naming ceremony. And we had two names. And then she added another name during the naming ceremony. Of course, because, you know, my, the pastor was like, uh, what do I do here? <laughs> so the pastor looked at me. I said, no, sir. That name, no, you can't call him that name. Aren't you afraid to embarrass your auntie? <laughs> this world system, they have all kinds of things. I got back from Nigeria in June for a wedding, and I was asking the food I was getting married. Ask the people exactly what they would do step by step. You know what? The reason why they don't tell you everything, and they spring surprises at, at you during the wedding. Why? Because they don't want you to know. And you are just saying, I just want this thing to be over. So I said, no. You have a responsibility. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 1, Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 1, the Bible says, now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and you may go in and take possession of the land of the Lord the God of your ancestors is giving you. It's giving you a way to do things. It's giving you a way to do things. It's showing you exactly how to do things. It will show you how to do things financially. He will show you things, how to do things in your education. He will show you how to do things in your relationship. I thought, you know, when my daughter was going to college, to the university, I said, she said, well, I want to be a lawyer. So in my mind, I thought, you know what? She might change her mind one day and said, maybe I don't want to be a lawyer again. And in the U.S., you can't do law or medicine as your first degree. So I said to her, go study accountancy. At least when you finish accountancy, if you want to go to law school, that's fine. If you don't want to go to law school, that's fine also. At least you have a part. And so she obeyed. She registered for accountancy. And then I was in church praying for the service on a Saturday. And then the Lord began to talk to me. And the Lord asked me this question. Is she your child or mine? I said, well, Lord, she is your child, not my own, definitely. <laughs> he said, well, then why do you want her to do something I don't want her to do? I said, okay. 
said, that's not what I want us to go study. In my mind, I'm thinking economics. I'm thinking what will give her the most opportunity. God says, that's not what I want her to study. Lord, what do you want her to study? I'm also praying for the service. That was what I was praying for. And the Lord was talking to me about something else. He said, I want her to go study English. I said, okay. So after the service, after the prayer meeting, the minister's prayer meeting, I spoke to my wife. We got back home. And so I said to her, I said, come, let's have a chat. I said, is the Lord speaking to you about what you need to study? She said, yes. I said, it's not accountancy. She said, no. I said, is it English? She said, yeah. She started smiling. I said, please, go, go and change. <laughs> I said, go, go, go and change. So she went ahead and changed her course from accountancy to English. Now, listen to this. Of course, I got under pressure. Because people would ask me, how are you? I said, fine. How are the children? They are doing well. Is your daughter in college now? Yeah, she's in university. What is she studying? English. English? Why? You are an engineer. Your wife is a doctor. Why are you allowing her to study English? I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> how do you explain that? So I kept having that. Having that one after the other. But let me tell you what happened. Because we were able to figure out the perfect will of God for her in that situation, she went through, uh, you know, through the, you know, studying English, finished up with, in fact, there was a particular year that the school wrote her that the amount of scholarship you have, we have to limit it because, you, because if not, we'll be paying you to come to school. That was how much scholarship she had. That, so they wrote her, yes, you have this scholarship from this place and this place, but we are not giving you because, you, I mean, it's more than what you require. So the bar, it's a 4.0, that's a perfect score. That means that you had all A's all through your four years of study. She has 3.97. So you need to understand something about God's perfect will. God's perfect will for you, you would excel. You will excel. So when she was applying to go to law school, of course, if she had gone to study accountancy and she had a lower grade, of course, now she begins to struggle with the schools. Now she, had, she was applying for, um, um, for law schools. She could apply to all the top law schools in the country. So God is saying there's a decree. There are laws, and he wants to teach you. Look at verse 2. He said, do not add to what I command you. And do not subtract from me, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give to you. Can you tell your neighbor, keep the command of the Lord. Keep the command of the Lord. That's where our challenge is. You keep the command of the Lord. You keep God's command. The things that he has said to you. Is that, that is only, that's the time that the blessing will come upon you. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 9. I'll read from the Amplified Version of the Bible. 
He said, when you enter the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to imitate the repulsive parties of those nations. You will not do what they are doing. He said, you don't do the things that they are doing. They are abominable practices. You don't do those things. You don't do the things that they are doing. God is giving them an instruction. Don't organize your wedding the way they organize their wedding. Don't organize your naming the way they organize their naming. Don't organize your birthday the way they organize their birthday. Don't organize your Christmas the way they organize their Christmas. Don't just do the things that they do. Don't organize your vacation the way they organize their vacation. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. And if you live here today and you make up your mind that I am not going to do the things that people just do, oh, then guess what? The Lord will begin to help you because you will begin to learn about the way that you need to do it. Now you are going to get into conflict, but guess what? The God, the one that you are making your mind to serve and to honor, he will back you up. He would ensure that you come out on tops. Even if the whole of your village are against you, God Almighty will be for you. He would help you. Even when everybody says, well, let's see. Let, let's see. You, you don't want to do it that way. Let's see what will happen to you. Guess what will happen? God Almighty will say, they will see. Because you are standing for me, I would also stand for you. He will stand for you. So God is saying, you are going into a land. They do all kinds of things. Don't copy their practices. Don't do the things that they are doing. It is in the doing that you have a problem. When we pray, when we fast, God gives us wisdom to do. To do things differently. To do things differently. In Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 4, he said, After the Lord your God has driven them out before you, do not say to yourself, The Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. He said, don't say that. Don't say that. It's giving you everything because of what Jesus Christ has done. And so that means that you are here representing him, walking in the finished work of Christ. But if you revert back to your Nigerian stuff, or you revert back to your Ghana tradition, or you revert back to your British culture, you are going to lose everything that Jesus Christ has given to you. And there were so many Christians that are losing out on the things that God has given to them. Because the customs and the culture is taking it away from them. The custom, the tradition is taking it away from them. And so you have a responsibility. In Leviticus chapter 18 verse 2. Leviticus chapter 18 verse 2. The New Living Translation of the Bible. He said, give this instruction, the following instruction to the people of Israel. I am the Lord your God. Instructions. Instructions on how to conduct yourself in a relationship. Instruction on exactly how to, how to conduct yourself as a lady. Instruction on how to conduct yourself as a man. Instruction on how to conduct yourself as a minister. Instruction how to conduct yourself in the family. 
There is no area of your life that God does not have instructions for. No area that God does not have instruction for. The thing is, it's easier to just follow the instruction of this world. It's easy. The flesh likes that. But then the truth is, the Bible says that if you follow the flesh, it will lead you to destruction. It said, but if you follow the spirit, it will lead you to life. But you have responsibility. You have work to do. So in verse 3, he said, so do not act like the people in Egypt where you used to live. All of us used to live in Egypt. We all used to live in the world. He said, don't act like that. Don't do like that. God has given you 10 pounds. You can organize your wedding on 10 pounds. He said, pastor, how? Very simple. The pastor is not going to charge you to join you together. Call all your friends. Take them to the restaurant. Tell all of them, if you love me, you pay for your meal. (laughs) Pay for your meal. (laughs) And, And bring me gifts if you love me. Ten pounds. You you won't get more than that. And you use your ten pounds to pay for your own meal. (laughs) He said, don't copy. Don't do that. Because, you see, you are dealing with a God that is an interesting father. You see, when you are content, that is when God will promote you. In other words, you realize that the guy that is going around and is saying, well, Lord, I thank you for this car that I have to push every morning before, before it goes. I, I'm so grateful for this car. And the, and the guy is in the car and the heating is not working well, the cooling is not working well, but the guy is just there shouting hallelujah and praising the God and, and just thanking God. That is the one that God says, I will provide a car for. Not the one that is grumbling in the car. Not the one that is going everywhere and looking on Facebook, who's selling a car and asking everybody, and is just not very unhappy with his car. No, that is not the kind of a person that God will provide a car for. So that is why the Bible is very interesting. He said to him that has, he said more shall be given. He said to him that does not have, even what he has shall be taken away. And the day I read that, I said, God, why will you do that? Because as far as God is concerned, if you are not content with 10 pounds, 1 million pounds will not satisfy you. And the things of heaven are given not so that they can fulfill your needs. The things in heaven are given so that you can enjoy. The Bible says it gives us all things to enjoy. Not to meet your needs. To enjoy. To enjoy. But you see, for you to enjoy anything in God's kingdom, you would have to get to a place where you are content. There's contentment on the inside of you. You get into your one bedroom house and you are saying, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, oh God, for this one bedroom house. I'm so grateful. Oh, you know, when I learned this principle, I'm, I mean, this is one of the best things I've learned in God. That wherever you are, whatever he has given to you, oh, learn to rejoice. Learn to celebrate. Because you know why? Because God will give you something little. And then he's watching what you're going to do with that little one. And if you are content with the little he has given to you, then he gives you more. And he gives you more. 
and he gives you more. But when that little, you are complaining. Oh, you know, guys, can we come to your house? No, not yet. I'm planning to move. I'm planning to move. Not yet. You know, I, I can't host you now. But in, in God's time, and God is working something. My miracle is on the way. And then I will invite all of you. You can come and celebrate with me. Now you are going to fall into the hands of the world system thinking like that. Behaving like that. Because there is no satisfaction in you. Even if you have a duplex, you are still not going to be satisfied. Contentment. 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 Our first house, you know, when we moved into the U.S., we, we, we didn't, when people come to visit with us, we had no couch. There was no couch. No couch in our living room. And, but we had guests. In fact, somebody sent me the picture after service. If you want to, if you want the picture, I can show you. Yeah. The person came and visited and sat on the floor and we had wonderful fellowship. And he took pictures that he still kept. This was in 20, 2004. We had no couch. We didn't have money to buy any couch. We could just pay the rent. No couch. So you come and visit us, you sit on the floor and we have good fellowship. <laughs> And you go, and we praise God. And we just thank him that we are not on the street. Thank him that we have a place. But you see, I was learning something. I was learning something. I was learning something. Because you have to give yourself to learning the ways of God. And the ways of God are not like the ways of this world. Church, are you listening to me? The ways of God are not like what? They are not like the ways of this world. So I could thank God. Just praise him. Just praise him. That you could come and say, oh, Pastor Fala, good afternoon. I said, just make yourself comfortable somewhere. <laughs> you know. And, and have fun. What will people think about you? What will people say about you? They might come to your house and they might say, no, don't take pictures now. You know, come back in another six months or one year. But this is not the time to take pictures. And we are so concerned about our public image. If you are concerned about your image, you would never be able to understand God's perfect will for your life. So that was 20, 2004. But you see, in 2021, December of 2021, we moved into our new house. You know, that's the second house that we are building. But this one is a special one. Because the way we do things in the U.S. is you have to go through the banks and get a mortgage. And this one cost us over half a million U.S. dollars. And we paid cash. So there's no mortgage on the house. Not one single U.S. dollars. Bought the land in cash and paid the man in cash as, as the builders. And we moved into the house and I collected a certificate. No mortgage. Not one single dollar on it. Now, young people, let me tell you something. So I'm not telling you something that doesn't work. 
I'm telling you that you want to move really fast. Move with the world system. But you will clash also. You are going to move fast. But you clash. But you want to move long and enjoy. Then you move with the things of God. It is slower. <laughs> but it is more sure. Lower. It's not as fast as the world. Oh, but it is sure. It, it gives you more peace. More respite. So when the county, you know, like your local government, when they were going to, uh, they were, they were going to find out how much tax we should pay on the house, guess the problem they had? The number way they do it is that they'll go and pull out your mortgage. And then they will calculate how much you collected from the bank. <laughs> then they calculate your taxes. So I had an interesting experience. Of course, they checked the bank, and there was no record of the house on the bank. So they called me. <laughs> and they were asking me, we need to do your taxes. I said, okay. Say, how much did you how much did you pay for the house? I said, who will tell you? <laughs> You think I was born yesterday? <laughs> oh, I'm praying for somebody that you will begin to have a love for the things of God and the ways of God and the way God does his things. He said, I'm giving you laws and say carefully obey them. Why? So that it might be well with you. Because when you obey the things that God is telling you to do, then God Almighty is able to help you. You see, the world system is designed to please our flesh. There are three things in this world system. Just three. The first is the pride of life. The second is the loss of the flesh. The last one is the loss of the eyes. Those are the things that you have in this world system. And the truth is this. You will throw money at it. Why? For the pride. For the pride of life. For the loss of the flesh. For the loss of the eyes. And that's why people need money. A lot of money. A lot. Because the pride of life requires a lot of money. The loss of the flesh requires a lot of money. The loss of the eyes requires a lot of money. Let me ask you a quick question. If there's a law around the world... There's a law now that if you're going to bury somebody, you have to wrap the coffin with clothes completely. Who is going to buy half a million dollar worth of coffin? Who will buy that again? Tell me, who will buy that again? Nobody. Nobody will buy it again. Why? Because you have taken away the pride. You have taken away the, what people are seeing. And so, when our life is designed to satisfy the pride of life, or the loss of the flesh, or the loss of the eyes, there is no way you are living in the perfect will of God. You will not have access to God's power or God's wisdom when your life is, is done like that. You would not. So, God's kingdom is designed to please our spirit. It's designed to please our spirit. James chapter 4 verse 4. James chapter 4, verse 4. The Bible says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. 
if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. You want to do things the way the world is doing. You want to dance the way they dance. Sing the way they sing. You, you want to organize your parties the way they organize their party. You want, you, you want to do everything like them. Well, God says, if you do that, it, it's like, can you imagine? I mean, you are dating a girl. And then you, you, get, you get to pick the girl up, and then another guy shows up with a Ferrari. <laughs> and, and you are there with a Volkswagen. <laughs> and, and, she, and she says to you, um, yeah, you know that restaurant we are going? Let, let's meet up there, but this guy will take me there. Are, are you going to show up at the restaurant? No. No. So the truth is this, when we choose the world system, we have chosen against God. And you can't choose against God and now say, well, God, I need your help. The God that you have just voted against. The God that you have chosen against. Verse 5 says, or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. If you read the Bible, you realize in Exodus chapter 20 that God was in chair of Israel. He said, you must have no other God before me. You must not bow down to them or worship them. He said, because I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. I'm a jealous God. I'm not going to share you with anybody. So you decide to go with your, with, that is how they do it, you know, in Ghana. Well, God says, okay, that's it. Yeah, that means that you don't want to do it the way I get to do it. And so you can't decide to follow this natural course and at the same time want the blessing. It does not work, church. It has never worked. It will never work. So you need to make up your mind what you want to follow. Where do you want to go? What do you want your future to look like? What do you want your future to look like? I remember the first time my mom, and I love my mom so dearly. <laughs> the first time she came visiting my house after I got married. And she came, and we had the baby, and then she came to stay in the house. So she got into the kitchen. And the way our kitchen is organized is, of course, different from the way my wife's kitchen is organized. So she got into the kitchen and she was looking for measuring cups because she measures things in her house. I grew up measure. You want to cook rice, you measure. You want to, you just measure things. And then I got married to somebody that does not measure anything. <laughs> my wife doesn't measure anything in the kitchen. She has her own style. So my mom came visiting and then she asked me in the kitchen, where's your measuring stuff? I said, mom, <laughs> We don't measure in this place. He said, what? I said, I'll show you how my wife does it. While you are here, that's how you do it. <laughs> when you get back home, you continue the measurement. <laughs> God has a system. Can you tell your neighbor, God has a system? He has his own system for every single thing. He has his own system. In closing, look at Romans chapter, um, no, not Romans, James chapter 4 verse 6 from the Amplified Version of the Bible. It says, 
but he gives more and more. I like that. He gives more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Do you want more and more from the Lord? Do you want more and more from the Lord? Then do things his way. Do things his way. Do things his way. Recently, you know, I was counseling with um, a, 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 a intending couple. And um, they, they live somewhere in Europe, you know. And um, so they will log in by Zoom. And we're doing the counseling. And um, they will log in at different times. So, you know, the man, the guy, and the girl, they, they, they will log in and then we'll, we'll do the counseling. And then one day, he, he said to me, he said, oh, my battery, the phone, is a laptop battery is dying. He needs to go get um, the battery. So I said, okay. So it was just um, the girl that was left on the Zoom call. <laughs> So I asked the girl, I said, where are you? She said, I'm in the bedroom. I said, where is he? He said, it's in the living room. I said, you live together? He said, yes, pastor. I said, but all this time we have been doing counseling, you have been logging in onto different, as if you live in different houses. He said, well, I've been telling him. So I said, okay, go to the living room. So I asked the guy, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're shacking off with this girl and then you still want the blessing of God. Do you, do you really know the God you are dealing with? He's a holy God. A holy God. Even if all the oil in this world are poured on your heads, and all the prophecy has said over you, you are not following, you are not doing, it will not make any meaning. So there are times as, as a pastor, you know, you're about to face God's way, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Because we are living in a time where people want to do whatever they want to do, but they still want the blessing. I don't want to live a holy life. It's too restrictive. But I want the blessing. I, I don't want to tight. I can't afford to tight now. But I want the blessing. <laughs> I don't want to give offering. But I want the blessing. So if I say, well, the way the Lord helped us to build a house without a loan, that God, the same God will help you. What will you say? Won't you say amen? You say amen. But what about if I tell you that I woke up one morning and the Lord said, well, you're asking me to help you to build this house. Yes, Lord. Then go buy a car for your father-in-law. Ship it to Nigeria. I said, God, this money is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough. 
I woke my wife up. I said, see what the Lord is telling me to do. She said, yeah, let's do it. When after you have prayed, after you have asked the Lord, it will give you an instruction. Give you an instruction. It tell you to do something. He was going to bless Abraham mightily. That was why he told Abraham that morning, Abraham, take your son, the one that you love, go and sacrifice him. God had blessing on his mind. Was about to bless him in a way that every generation would have to go through Abraham to be blessed. But Abraham did not know that that money. Abraham did not know. Abraham did not know that he was about to encounter God because by the time he was he, he was about to kill the lad and the Bible says, the Lord says, stop. Now I know that you love me. And then God now declared, in blessing, I will bless you. I will bless you. So there are certain things the Lord is going to be asking you to do. There are certain things he's going to be telling you to do. If you don't do those things, then of course you cannot be asking the Lord that, Lord, I want to live in your perfect will. So we're going to share the communion together this afternoon. And I want you to understand something. There's no point just going around saying I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer, but then there's no fruits in your life. There's nothing that is coming out of your life. There's nothing that is coming out of your life. The intention of God is that he will give you wisdom. And every one of us, there are things that you want done in your life. Am I right? Am I right? But you see, there is a God way of doing things, and there is the world way of doing things. You cannot decide to do things the world's way and expect God's results. Our Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. We are grateful, Lord God, for your love and your kindness. We thank you for speaking to us. Lord, in ways, oh God, that we are running our lives, running our, you know, all of our wardrobes are filled with all the latest fashion that the world can, can, can give to us. Lord, I'm praying, oh God, that this afternoon you would help us to see that following this world system leads us to a place of failure. I'm praying, oh God, that you, you would help us, help us, oh God, to change. Help us, oh God, not to follow this world system, not to follow the pride, not to follow the lust of the eyes, not to follow the lust of the flesh. Help us, oh God, to yield our bodies to you, a living sacrifice, one that is holy and acceptable to you. Help us, oh God, to long for your ways in all the things that we do so that we can experience true success in this life. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.